Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Uh, unfortunately, by myself. And I just recorded with Frank uh, just prior to doing this. And sadly, uh, the audio uh, did not pan out. And uh, I did not want to do the listeners the injustice of listening to some bad audio on what is one of the most craziest 24 hours on the basketball calendar if you're a basketball fan. So here we are. I'm going for take two here. And now I'm going to go by myself. So I'm probably going to repeat a bunch of stuff that I just said with Frank, but I am here and I am doing this. And uh, I, I only hope that when I go for this second run, we are going to get a trade come through as I am recording. I feel like that would be the reward that I deserve uh, you know, we all know, we all know I'm selfish. Greg Popovich said that himself. So, uh, it, it has to be about me here as I record this, but, uh, it's, it's really starting to heat up the trade deadline, uh, as probably everyone that's listening is aware 2 PM central time on Thursday. So, uh, again, uh, I feel like this may be one of the more redundant podcasts that I could do because, uh, <laughs> by the time people are listening to this, Chances are that everything has changed dramatically uh, when it comes to the landscape of the NBA and and the player movement. But uh, a really interesting night. So uh, last night, obviously, when I recorded with uh, Justin Garcia post uh, that really entertaining game with the New Orleans Pelicans, literally seconds after we finished recording, after I just said uh, that uh, we will see if a trade comes through, the Clint Capella, Robert Covington, uh, deal goes through it is a 12 player four team deal uh really the main pieces in this are covington and capella so capella ends up uh, with atlanta and robert covington goes to the houston rockets so uh, i think that the big thing to take away from this is the fact that uh, no, none of those key players go to a team that the Bucks are contending with. So uh, this is the the really key part of this trade deadline. When you look at uh, look at it from a Bucks perspective, is okay. What are the Bucks going to add? What can they bring to the table as far as acquisitions and trades that they might make? But the other important part to factor in here is what are the contenders doing? What are the other teams in the East that are trying to bridge the gap doing? Uh, to to take that step to get that little bit closer to the Bucks to the point where they think they can contend with Milwaukee. So the fact that Robin Covington, one of uh, the biggest names out there in the, in the trade table and one of the guys uh, that all the contenders wanted, whether it was LA, uh, the Lakers, whether it was uh, Philadelphia, who, you know, as we all sort of laugh about, did have Robert Covington there at one point. Uh, he was the guy that teams wanted. So the Houston Rockets for mine, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the fact that now they are uh, just a, a team of, of little fellas. Uh, they don't have a recognized center. Really, 
that's been playing minutes. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But either way, I don't think they're a team that's going to the NBA Finals anyway. So that doesn't affect the Bucks. And then Clint Capella obviously going to the Atlanta Hawks. Well, that's uh, that's quite the irrelevant move for Milwaukee. So uh, as far as that first trade that went down, if you're a Bucks fan, you're feeling really, really good about that because that does not move the needle for any team that you need to worry about. Uh, as far as other moves that are starting to come through tonight, we've seen some significant movement uh, with the Miami Heat now. As I'm recording this right now, it's 11.30 p.m. So uh, we are around 14 and a half hours from the trade deadline as I'm doing this podcast. Uh, Andre Iguodala looks like he is going to the Miami Heat. Uh, The deal isn't finalized yet, but this is as good as done from uh, the reports that have come through. Interesting now, as we are uh, recording here, as we're live here, it looks like that deal is going to end up being a three-team deal. Now, we don't know the pieces that are moving. It looks like Justice Winslow is going to Memphis as a part of that deal. Uh, that's what Woj is reporting, which is obviously a great haul for the Grizzlies. You think about a guy in Iguodala that that has not been playing regardless. So uh, this is a fantastic move for Memphis. If they are able to pick up a young, talented uh, guy like Winslow, But Danilo Gallinari from the Oklahoma City Thunder looks like he's going to the heat. This is interesting. I mean, Gallinari is a talented guy. He's a guy that shoots the three really well, really versatile offensively. Not necessarily a great defender, but this is is a genuine needle mover. And this was a guy that when I was looking earlier in the season that potentially guys the Bucs would look to upgrade. Uh, He was someone that, uh, that I had a lot of interest in if the Bucs were able to do it. Unfortunately, the money situation makes things difficult because uh, we know that the Bucs just don't have those mid-level contracts that they were able to combine together to try and get a guy like Gallinari. So uh, this is a significant move from the Miami Heat, a team that have been playing really well this season uh, and a team that uh, would fancy themselves uh, to, to challenge the Bucs. Now, they have beaten the Bucs very early in the season uh, we're waiting to see these two teams meet again. But, uh, you know, we know they're an extremely well-coached team with Eric Spolstra. They've got a bunch of versatile guys. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is an elite uh, wing defender. Now they add uh, Iguodala, who has the size down there, a guy that's been there in the playoffs, a guy that's been there in the big moments. So that's uh, an addition. Now, we don't know what Iguodala can actually bring to the table at his age. But uh, he's a guy that they are going to bring in there and expect that he's going to defend. Uh, Chris Milton, Giannis, these guys. So this is significant. And then they add uh, another uh, guy in Gallinari who, who can just put the, put the ball in the bucket. And he can get you 20 to 25 points a night. And they combine that with Bam Adebayo, uh, the all-star guy that can do it all. So the Miami Heat... A really interesting team to watch now. This right now, as we talk, is the most significant trade that has any impact on the Bucks. But for Milwaukee, we're gonna we're gonna uh, chat a little bit here about the potential move they could make because out of all the guys that we've spoken about with the Bucks, there is one guy that's still on the table that Frank and myself have spoken about a lot. Potentially, still could find his way to Milwaukee. All right, so things have been quiet as far as rumors go for the Bucs to this point. 
Now, at any point in time, we know that this can change. I actually looked it up today because I was curious to know or to to remember what my memory was like of the Miritich trade last year. Uh, and the interesting thing to remember with this trade, if you guys think back uh, to the day before the trade deadline, uh, Thonmaker, as we know, had that trade request uh, wherever that came from, whether it was him, whether it was these people, we know that the trade uh, request came through that he was looking for more opportunities. So Thonmaker, the trade originally was to Detroit and it looked like it was Stanley Johnson for Thonmaker. And this did not make any sense at all. And I remember uh, doing a couple of radio hits after that trade and just sort of saying, I don't really know why the Bucks have made this move. We found out the next day uh, that it, it really ended up being a three-team deal. The Bucks got Nikola Mirotic. They gave a bunch of second rounders to make that happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just, again, a sign that you never know what's going to happen with the trade deadline. And like I said, that Iguodala-Gallinari trade to Miami between the Thunder and the Grizzlies still hasn't gone through. And Woj tweets that this could go right into the wire and the deadline on Thursday. So um, this is you know, something that's probably going to develop. We don't know all the players or the pieces that are, are involved. But as far as the Bucks go, it's been kind of quiet to this point. Now, if anyone caught the pre-draft or the pre-trade deadline, I should say, special between Woj and Zach Lowe, uh, they started the show off with the Bucks. They were talking about Milwaukee, what they think they're going to do. They both very uh, were, were very quick to say, yeah, look, Milwaukee's not a team that's going to make a, a, a risk or going to take a risk and make a trade uh, that they don't feel they need to make. And this makes a lot of sense. We've spoken a lot about the continuity with the Bucks, the roster that they were able to flip over from. Uh, the last year's team that won 60 games to now the team that's on pace for 70 games, most of the rotation pieces are the same. Now, obviously, we know they've added Wes Matthews and they've added Kyle Corver, but this is a Bucks team that uh, structurally, the key pieces are the same. So whip, I, I've certainly been pretty firm on this right the way through that I did not think the Bucks were going to trade a, a key rotation player but the guys that we mentioned that could potentially be thrown in here are your DJ Wilsons. They are your Sterling Browns. And of course, it is the first round pick from the Indiana Pacers. Now, interestingly, Zach Lowe uh, did mention that he thought that a bunch of teams were inquiring around, uh, about Dante DiVincenzo. Now, uh, I, that, that does not surprise me that teams would be inquiring about Dante DiVincenzo because he is uh, uh, becoming very quickly, a very valuable player. Now, Frank and myself did speak about this a few weeks ago. I'm not willing to use the untouchable word when it comes to a guy like DiVincenzo uh, in his second season. Uh, still pretty erratic. I do think that he brings the type of X factor that this team needs, and I, I, I would not be trading him or putting him in any trade package that wasn't bringing you back uh, a clear upgrade right now. And he's going to say, and you can trade for that player and say, okay, uh, yeah, uh, this is a guy that's going to help us win a championship. I just wouldn't do that right now. Because even without scoring, as we know with DiVincenzo, he's a guy that uh, is finding that scoring touch, as I've pointed to over the last sort of uh, few games here, last uh, few weeks. He's now starting to have those double-digit scoring games that weren't there before. So 
He's still evolving. This is a guy that's only played 60 to 70 NBA games as it is. So you do not want to be uh, just throwing this guy in a, in a random trade that isn't going to give you a clear upgrade. So I don't think that the Bucs are going to trade DiVincenzo. I think he does too many things for this team, particularly defensively with that second unit that uh, even if teams are inquiring, it better be a good deal or I don't think the Bucs are going to, going to be uh, listening to that one. But the name that has again surfaced tonight, Luke Kennard with the Detroit Pistons. James Edwards, who writes with The Athletic, he, was, he went on the pregame show for Detroit, uh, at Fox Sports Detroit, I guess it was, and they were talking about Luke Kennard because there was certainly some rumors over the last couple of days that he might go to the Phoenix Suns. That seems to have fallen through. And James sort of mentioned, and, and it didn't seem like there was anything concrete here, but he did mention the fact that Milwaukee is a team that uh, would have some interest in Kennard. This isn't a surprise to us. We've spoken about this uh, quite regularly over the last few weeks. The interesting thing to note, it is a trade deadline. We know that the Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks have a pretty long history and a friendly history of making deals with each other. They like to uh, go to the trade table together. Hey, uh, the two-time All-Star, Chris Middleton, potentially All-NBA player, he was a Piston. He was a throw-in in that Brandon Knight, uh, <laughs> uh, Brandon Jennings trade years ago that's turned out to uh, be absolute gold for the Bucks over the years. So uh, these two teams are, are no strangers to, to going uh, to the trade table together. But the other interesting thing to note with Kennard is because uh, this is a guy that's still on his rookie deal in his third season now. Uh, so you can still control that contract next year as he goes into his fourth year. Uh, he would be eligible for that, that rookie scale uh, extension at the end of this season. But uh, he's a guy that, that's cost controlled. You have control over that contract. And he's a guy that before he went down with injury, he was averaging 16 points, just a touch under 16 points, 40% from the three-point line, 90% from the free-throw line. He's a guy that can get his own shot. He's a guy that's very uh, uh, works in the pick-and-roll really well, uh, clearly is a guy that can shoot from the outside. Uh, defensively, there's still definitely some question marks, but a really talented and smart offensive player that if the Bucs were able to strike a trade, where you're giving up that first-round pick that, remember, they got this back in the Brogdon trade. And what was Brogdon? Brogdon was a guard that shot the ball well from three, a smart offensive player that would take good shots. Luke Kennard does that. Okay? And you put him in as that fifth option with the the starting lineup, or even if he's not starting it, with those uh, starting caliber players, he's not uh, being guarded the way that he has been guarded in Detroit. He's got more freedom now. This is what Malcolm Brogdon had when he was with the Bucs. So if you're only trading that first-round pick and potentially uh, Sterling Brown, maybe DJ Wilson, uh, probably less likely that it would be DJ, depending on what the Pistons actually want, uh, this would be a great deal. The concern with Kennard is obviously the knee. So he's got the double knee uh, tendonitis, which is uh, you know clearly not great. But uh, I did tweet this out. The interesting thing to note, we know how great the Milwaukee Bucks medical staff is. There was a great story that came out a couple of days ago from Laurie Nickel with the Journal Sentinel, who spoke with uh, Suki Hobson and a bunch of people that Suki has, has worked with. And uh, part of the story was the work that she had done to help Giannis with his knee tendonitis 
remember last year and then in the years gone by where that would always be on injury report and Giannis would miss games with knee soreness and we really sat here and questioned why well, okay how is this going to affect this guy when he's 28 29 30 31 we haven't really seen that on a report at all. Now, he's, he's had other issues. He's had back, he's had shoulder, he's had all sorts of other things going on. But the knee hasn't been an issue. And from all reports, Suki, who, by the way, shout out to Suki. She was uh, also the strength and conditioning coach with my Australian football team, the town that I grew up, the Geelong Cats. She was out there during their glory days when they won a couple of championships. She's the good luck charm. So that's interesting. Because the Pistons maybe are like, okay, well, this guy's got double knee tendonitis. This isn't a situation that, uh, that we want to uh, move ahead with. Let's get something while we can. Hey, a first-round pick sounds good. Oh, Sterling Brown, a guy that, that has played on a winning team, started playoff games last year for a 60-win team. This seems like a good deal for us. So Kennard is one, obviously, uh, to watch for the Bucks. Uh, one other note that's worth mentioning because when we talk about the guys that we spoke about, Andre Iguodala, we spoke about a lot. We obviously uh, had spoke about Covington, uh, Kennard obviously here now, and uh, another guy, Bogdan Bogdanovich, over with the Sacramento Kings. So there was a trade tonight that went down. There was a number of pieces involved with, uh, with this one. Our old friend Jabari Parker is going from Atlanta to Sacramento. That is the report. Dwayne Dedman looks like he's going back to Atlanta. But there is a tweet here from Mark Stein that says, a major motivation for the Kings trade with Atlanta is re-signing Bogdan Bogdanovich. And league sources say Sacramento is indeed optimistic. It has established the needed financial flexibility to match any offer sheet for the restricted free agent to be and keep Bogdanovich in Sacktown. So, look, obviously this could change. And by the time you guys are listening to this, maybe, <laughs> maybe it has changed. But for now... Bogdanovich, we always thought this was going to be a difficult one to get because he's so talented. Uh, he is a young guy and a young Sacramento team where they should be looking to keep these guys. If that report is correct from Mark Stein, it looks like Bogdanovich is not going to be a, guys, a guy that the Bucks are going to be able to target. So that looks like another name down for the list that we've looked at for the Bucks. All right, so outside of trade deadline news, which is hard to avoid right now, even as I'm recording this, I I have one eye on my phone, one eye on Twitter, waiting for some sort of news. And it always feels like the trades come in late. I remember where I was when the Paul George uh, trade to the Clippers went through in the summer. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning Central Time. Last night, the Capella... Covington deal was around 11.30 p.m. or around that time as well. So uh, I feel like this is the, the trading time right now. And just as I say that, Shams tweets that the Warriors are trading Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III to Philadelphia. Uh, we will wait for some details here. Obviously, by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, you're going to know uh, what these details are. But this is really interesting because I was going to touch on these guys. So both Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III were held out of the game tonight for Golden State against Brooklyn. They ended up going down by about 40 points. But this is really interesting, okay? A couple of uh, young... Uh, well, Burks isn't that young, to be fair. But these are a couple of guys that can score, a couple of guys that are willing to shoot from the outside. We don't know what the Sixers are going to be sending out. 
Uh, we know they have those huge contracts uh, that are going to be difficult to move. Uh, with Simmons, obviously, he had the extension. Embiid has paid a whole bunch. Al Horford, they signed him to that $100 million deal. And then Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris as well. So this is going to be interesting. There's probably going to be some minor pieces moved here. But the Sixers make a change uh, to get a couple of guys that can score the ball and shoot the ball. Uh, this is going to be interesting to see uh, as we find out the details there. So uh, you know what? I said this. I said, if I'm going to do the podcast twice, if I'm going to do it for the second time, give me a trade. Give me a live trade to talk about. Uh, uh, unfortunately, this show isn't live. So uh, like I said, by the time you listen to this, all this news is is completely old. But maybe by chance you haven't checked your phone in the morning and you're listening to this for the first time and this is news. So we'll see uh, what happens here and, and what the details are of that one. But it, it, it's a really good opportunity to move on to the Sixers because uh, the Bucks will play today, Thursday night. Uh, they will host the Sixers. And this is a really, really good opportunity for some revenge for the Bucks. We all know what happened on Christmas Day. The Sixers shot uh, a season high from three. Uh, Giannis had a really off night. Now, we know uh, it looked like in the pregame he was really struggling with some back soreness. He didn't look like uh, himself uh, there, but uh, he was uh, you know, limited in a way, and he wasn't able to score with the same uh, aggressiveness, the same efficiency that we know from him in the paint. But the Sixers since then have been an absolute mess. They cannot win once they get on an aeroplane and leave Philadelphia. They simply can't. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as far as the Sixers go, I've watched them the last week. I've seen them be blown out by Miami on the road. I've seen them being blown out by Boston on the road. But then on the, on the same hand, I've watched that Christmas Day game and I watched them against the Los Angeles Lakers. This team at their best is very good but there's some strange things going on in the locker room. They don't seem to like each other. And as, uh, as uh, early as this afternoon, Al Horford has come out and said, yeah, there's some stuff going on in the locker room. We're going to keep that internal for now. Well, uh, I'm sorry, Al, but you didn't keep it internal because as soon as you told a reporter that there's some stuff going on in the locker room, everything that people think has been confirmed. And uh, now... Uh, we know that there's stuff going on. We don't think that you guys like each other. And now you've come out and said this. I, I don't know how they work through the problems they have uh, with this starting lineup. So uh, just as I'm going here, it looks like uh, Sham says that the Sixers are sending three second round picks to Golden State for Burks and Robinson, uh, which, you know, whatever. I mean, you give three second round picks, uh, you get a couple of guys that have been scoring the ball pretty well on an awful uh, Golden State team. And, uh, you know, you give yourself another couple of weapons. We know the depth for the Sixers has not been great. So uh, going back to the start of the podcast, this is what I was talking about. These other teams are going to try and make moves uh, that are going to uh, bring them closer to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Sixers, they like the size that they have because, yes, uh, no, it hasn't been working against these other teams around the league, but uh, it did work in the one time they played against the Bucks. So that was what the design was about. It was like, okay, how do we beat the Milwaukee Bucks? How do we slow down Giannis? Well, uh, so far, uh, they're one for one. And maybe unfortunately for them, the trade deadline, uh, this game tomorrow night against the Bucks is after the trade deadline. So 
uh, you know, you're going to see uh, whatever happens tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Hopefully the Bucks can bounce back and beat a team that, that has really struggled on the road. Then the questions will be, will be made because you can pick up Alec Burks and you can pick up Glenn Robertson. That's fine. But they're role players. And you put them in the lineup with those starters, you lose defensively. Okay? You don't have the same uh, fearsome defense that you had beforehand. And the Sixers are okay with that. Uh, the Bucks are okay with that. You know, you lose the size. You don't have the uh, the defensive ferocity that you had before that. So, uh, look, the Sixers make their move. We'll wait and see whether there's anything else that, that comes of this as the uh, the night goes on and as the morning goes on tomorrow. But uh, this is going to be a really, really interesting few hours leading up to the trade deadline. And then even this game tomorrow night. Because there's certainly been some theories that around that uh, if the Sixers get embarrassed tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, what does that mean for Brett Brown? What does that mean for this franchise in general? Uh, obviously, they can't make a, a trade at that point. But uh, Brett Brown's on the hot seat. There's no question about that. He's probably going to coach uh, Australia to a gold medal at the Olympics next year. But as far as his Sixers uh, future, <laughs> as far as his Sixers future lies, it's up in the air. He's got a team with championship aspirations and so far they haven't delivered. So uh, this podcast has been a little bit all over the place. I apologize for that. But uh, as this news is breaking, as I'm going here, uh, I'm just trying to keep up with that. I'm trying to look at my phone and talk at the same time. But uh, this has been fun. I I know uh, I complained about the fact I'm doing this for the second time. It's nearly midnight. But uh, it was all worth it because uh, this is for a basketball fan Probably the most uh, crazy, stressful, anxiety-driven day on the basketball calendar. It's crazy. We don't know what's going to happen between now and 2 p.m. And then afterwards, we've just got a really, really good game to look forward to. I, I said it last night, this game with the Pelicans where the Bucks uh, won in New Orleans was one of my favorite and, 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 as far as I'm concerned, one of the more entertaining games of the season. But now uh, you get a game that is... Uh, the, the big guns. And yes, the six are sixth in the East right now, but these matchups always have a little bit extra on them. We know Giannis and Ben Simmons have gone at each other. We know Eric, Bretz, Eric Bledsoe, who wasn't there on Christmas Day. Maybe we're going to see the most violent act that anyone has ever seen on a basketball court again with Eric Bledsoe. Uh, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Fireset Forum, 7 p.m. So trade deadline, 2 p.m. Fireset Forum, 7 p.m. Maybe the Bucks make a move by the next time I talk to you. If anything absolutely insane happens, I'll jump on right after the trade deadline. But if not, we will be back after the Bucks and Sixers game. Hopefully, I have made some sort of sense tonight rambling on by myself. But I will say for Frank Madden because, unfortunately, he put in the time and it was all to waste. And myself, Kane Pittman. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.